Tony Bill had a good article. <clears throat> I'll email it to everybody. Speaking about a man that had a Bible school <clears throat> teach preachers how to preach. He said, no matter what you preach, someone will believe you. And they'll go out into eternity facing God, believing what you preach to them. Sobering. It's a sobering thought. If you would, open your Bibles to Genesis 32. I cannot express to you how much this is not hyperbole or fancy talk or something that just sounds good. You've heard men say it. You've heard faithful men you all respect say it. This might be the last time I preach. With what I'm under, God kill me and take me home now. We may just have this first service this morning. This might be the last time you hear me preach, Mike. Deanne. This might be the last time you ever, in this county, have me stand up in front of you and preach. God help me. Don Fortner wrote. You listening? Preaching from the heart. When I hear a man preach, I want to hear a man preach from his heart. When I preach, I want to preach from my heart. Let no one mistake my meaning. I do not suggest or imply that doctrine is secondary. It's not. Gospel doctrine is vital. But the gospel must be preached from the heart passionately. I've read this so many times years ago. Big grandiose idea is me preaching. I've I've known God's going to call me to be a preacher since I was a little kid. And I hope it was him doing it, not me. John Rusk wrote, I want an experimental preacher, one who, when he has had one meal, is tried how she shall get the next, one who is tormented with devils fit to tear him limb from limb, one who feels hell inside of himself and every corruption in his nature stirred up to oppose God's work. One who feels so weak that every day he gets over, he views as next to a miracle. That sounds so religious and good, don't it? Oh, another thing to live. Being made a minister. Paul said, I've made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. God had called Paul to preach the gospel, and he knew it, and he was humbled by it. And he rejoiced in it, but he trembled because of it. Only God can make a man a preacher. That's what Don wrote. And I say to, to which I say, if you want to be a preacher, if God makes you one, God help you. You want an internet ministry, God help you. You want a book ministry, God help you. You want to draw cartoons for Jesus, God help you. He's going to use you. I'm preaching on crying out to God this morning. I had to live that to tell you about it. And I pray earnestly every heart in this room would cry out to God today. 
in you by yourself. Cry out to God. Not cry out to me. Not cry out to those that offended you. Not cry out to those you've offended. Cry out to God. Genesis 32. Praying while distressed. Are you distressed? I've worked on this all week. Is this a surprise we're at Genesis 32 this morning? We're going to be in Psalm 36 if God don't strike me down between now and next hour. That's where we're at, isn't it? That's what the text is coming to. I've been, I've been reading Psalm 36 for two and a half weeks. Praying while distressed. Are you distressed? I am. And, and I'm just going to preach to me today. Are you distressed? I am. Genesis 32, verse 1. And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And Jacob saw them, and he said, This is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahanaim. Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, unto the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, those messengers, saying, Thus say you speak unto my lord Esau. Thy servant Jacob said, saith thus, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed there until now. This whole time, this 27 years, wherever it's been, I've been with Uncle Laban. And I have oxen and asses, flocks and men servants and women servants, and I have sent to tell my Lord that I may find grace in thy sight. Jacob just saw two heavenly hosts worth of angels. One, one thousand, two. Last week, buddy, I could have moved mountains. And immediately he saw, no, here comes Esau. Take everything we got. Go tell him about all the goods he can spoil. He, he, he's going to take these things. He might keep from killing me. Maybe if I give it all up, I won't die. That ain't going to do, is it? Messengers returned to Jacob and saying, We came to thy brother Esau, verse 6, and also he cometh to meet thee with 400 men with him. We went and told Esau, and he's coming. And he ain't got 318 men like Abraham did. He's got 400. And Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. Esau wouldn't come and have a family picnic. He meant business. Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. This is something for somebody that's greatly afraid and something for somebody that's distressed. He did something about it. He divided the people that was with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two bands. He said, if Esau come up to one company and smite it, then the other company, which is left, shall escape. You all sit over there, half of you, and the other half of you said, I'm going to take one wife and all, the, all my kids with her over here. Leah, you go over there. Rachel, you go over there. All my children over there. And if God kills one of you, the other one's run the other way. That's the game plan. That was wise of Esau. He was using means. He was trusting the Lord. He knew that the Lord must do the protecting and the preserving, and it's, it's his business to keep him. But he also understood this may be the means that God gave him to do it. He didn't just throw up his hands and roll over and show his belly and say, well, God will do what he wants. No. He had means put in his hand. He used those means put in his hand. That's what Paul was saying. Somebody's going to ask, well, who, who's resisted his will? God's sovereign. 
Oh, hush. Man, who art thou that replies against God? And he brought such a great gift, didn't he? He was going to be a peacemaker. Sons of Jacob are peacemakers. They're peacemakers. Take everything I got. Jacob had been through a whole lot of trouble, hadn't he? He's got more trouble to come. All those things with Esau from decades ago, he took a birthright. Worked hard for seven years for Rachel. Then that night found out it wasn't Rachel. That's a long time, isn't it? Seven years. Then he worked another seven years. That's 14 years total for one woman. It's love, isn't it? Laban changed his wages ten times. He said, them, any cattle that come out, you have all the pure ones. You're watching mine. Any cattle that come out that's spotted, you get it. And then every cattle, every, every sheep come out with spots. And he said, well, not, no, no, okay. I said spot. I meant speckled. The rules kept changing. And then the Lord moved it to where everything that came out was speckled. That thing was ring straight. It was brown. Whatever, whatever the, the terms were changed to, that's what God blessed to Jacob. His wife couldn't have children, the one he loved. And she was harsh to him. And he was harsh right back at her. And then Laban pursued him, didn't he? Ran to him in perfection, pursued him, tracked him down. Because, and Jacob ran because he was afraid. These are hard times, isn't it? He saw two hosts of the Lord, and God spoke to him and promised him. This is Jacob's whole life. Up one minute, down the next. Is that you? Is that me? One second so strong, the next second I can't get my head. God make you believe his words. Off my wet couch. You know what David said? I've wetted my couch. How are we to pray during times like that? That's distressing. Is that distressing to you? That's distressing to me. Now, pray to God. Not get up and say a prayer. Not get up and quote some old English things that dead men said. Pray to God. How are we going to do that? You got, you got a fancy set of words to say to him? God's going to teach us something today. If, if this is the last time I preach, and this is the last thing you're ever going to hear, I'm going to teach you how to pray before I leave this place because I'm going to tell you what God says about it. <laughs> you know how to cry out to him. You might get distressed. I pray God makes us distressed too. That's the only time we will cry out to him. I don't mean sit down and, well, it's time to eat. Bless this to my body. No. Pray to God. Pray to the God. He'd just been freshly reminded of the promises and the power of the Lord, and now he's facing 400 men led by his angry brother. And he was greatly afraid. Jacob divided that family into two camps, two bands. And I just thought, you've been divided in two camps? Ever? Have you ever been in, had two minds in you? One wanting to serve God and one wanting to run for the hills, not cry to God, cry, cry that he goes away. Not cry that he's revealed, cry that the mountains fall on you. Here's how Jacob prays. He's in a pinch, isn't he? I hope I can learn something about praying this morning too. Genesis 32, verse 9. And Jacob said, O God, 
That's all over this place. OMG. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then hotty, potty, pious little Pharisee said, well, that now that's blasphemous. Well, maybe so. Maybe so. We use it just flippant, though, don't we? Jacob prayed, oh, God. Oh, God. He wasn't praying. That's who he's praying to. That's who he's praying to. People pray to a God or a little G God or some dude named Jesus. Jacob prayed to God. And he prayed, oh, God, not to Jude, not to Peter, not to Mary. That won't do you any good. Not to another person. Not in front of a whole lot of people. I'm the one that prays in front of everybody. I'm the one that leads us in prayer. He prayed to God. Jacob prayed to God. Oh, God, our Father. Our Lord taught us that in Matthew 6. He said, when you pray, don't you be like them hypocrites who love to pray standing in the corners of the streets and the synagogues that they may be seen of men. We will now worship our God in prayer. Oh, and they start humming incense slinging all over the place. Putting on a show. They got their reward. That's what he said. You want that? That's what you got. God said so. He said, I'm going to teach you. My children. My Jacobs. You sorry sons of Jacob. <laughs> After this manner, you pray, our Father. That's how you start. Which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You're talking to a holy God. Talking to a holy God. This is a prayer to God, but it's in desperation, isn't it? We call to him to praise him. Thank you, Lord. This is a great day. Now he's in distress. He calls to him in distress. David cried a lot too, didn't he? And he cried to the Lord. He says he cries over and over and over, out of my troubles, didn't he? Psalm 18 says, in my distress. Jacob was in distress. I'm in distress. You in distress? In my distress, I called upon the Lord. And cried unto my God. Well, what did he cry? He cried. John Reeves called me this morning to check on me, and I couldn't talk. <laughs> it's snot going everywhere. And I said, Just pray for me, brother. He said, I will. And he hung, hung up the phone. <laughs> he cried. I was crying. What? That ain't no good. That ain't religious. They didn't teach us that in the Reformed Church, did they? They didn't teach us in the Catholic Church. They didn't teach us in the Southern Baptist Church or the Armenians or whoever. Mommy and Daddy didn't teach me that, and they, they were just good people. No, God teaches it. You can fast all you want to. God gives a fast. That's when you can't eat. Our Lord went in the wilderness for 40 days and did not eat. Why? He was tempted to Satan the whole time. He gives a fast. That's what he approves of. It's approved. It's got his stamp because he gave it. He made it. We cry unto him. David said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and I cried unto my God and he heard my voice out of his tent. And my cry came before him and into his ears. Child of God, you have the ear of Almighty God. What are you going to do with it? Wouldn't that be enough, though? I've said that to you a bunch of times. I never heard anybody say it before. I had a lot of people agree with. I had a grown man that retired from the prison system. It's about six foot two and scary looking. He's got a flat top. Some of you old people know what a flat top is. Come up to me after a service one time, tears streaming down his face, and just went and hugged me. He said, "My God, 
What a God. That's all he said. Wouldn't that be enough? We just cried out, oh God. Oh God. Our Savior said we are not heard for our much speaking. We are heard by the sincerity of our hearts. We don't have to inform the Lord of anything. Did you know that? He knows. He knows everything. He knows everything, but we cry unto him, don't we? He knows all. He sent the distresses, and he'll deliver us from those distresses. He knows my heart, and he knows everybody else's heart involved too. That's who we're crying to. Second, what's the basis we're to pray on? What's the, what, uh, what right do you have to talk to him? What right do I have to talk to him? Look here in verse 9. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac. It ain't just something we say. You pay attention to me. He's praying to a covenant God. He's praying to a covenant God. He's not dependent on our promises. He isn't concerned about us keeping our word. He keeps his word. He gave his word to my grandpa. and He gave his word to my daddy. That's who I'm talking to. I don't want to talk to another one. I don't want to talk to a God that can't save. It's not going to do me no good. I ain't going to want to talk to a God that tries to do something. It ain't going to help me. If that's who you're praying to or you used to, you wasn't saved, you ain't saved. I can't make it no plainer than that. Oh, God of my father Abraham, the God of my father Isaac. He's a covenant God. Jacob's not calling out to God for pity or emotion on his behalf. Well, maybe God will feel sorry for me. Maybe I'll solicit a response. I'll get him, I'll get him crying. Then I'll do me some good. No, he's crying out on the only grounds he has in those covenant of mercies of the Lord Jesus Christ. That seed promised to Abraham. That seed promised to Isaac. That seed promised to Jacob. That's one seed, Christ. That's the foundation of it. That's what right he has. And it's right to call out to the Lord. Jacob's not some frightened cow. He's not some falling sparrow. We'll see maybe next time. He's a son of Abraham. He's a son of the, of the Lord. He's a spiritual member of Israel, and Israel ain't even called Israel yet. He's God's child. Look back here in Genesis 28, verse 11. This is when God came to him. Genesis 28, 11. Genesis 28, 11. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows. And he laid down in that place to sleep. Jacob wasn't seeking God. He wasn't doing something sweet and holy. He was running. And God came to him. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set upon the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father, the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. Singular, isn't it? What promises did he make to you? I'm going to bless Christ in you. Your mind. And that one that dwells in you, I'm going to bless him. <laughs> that new man I put in you, I'm going to bless him. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. 
and behold, I am with thee, and I will keep thee in all places, whether thou goest, and bring thee again unto this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Right here is the house of God. Where was that at? Was that a fancy building with gutters? He's on a pile of rocks out in the middle of nowhere. He cried out to God, but only based on the promises of God to him. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. He called Jacob, didn't he? Did he call you? <laughs> Come where you are. And whom he called, he justified. Whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? You got a lot of people against you? You got 400 men coming with your angry brother? If God be for us, who can be against us? He's not worried about us changing. He never changes. That's all we are. Wishy-washy, ups and downs, flippy-floppy, left and right, whatever you want to call it. Hot and cold, soft and hard, and anything in between, ain't we? He never changes. And the Lord gave his word. The God gave his promises. He said, I'm the Lord, I change not. Therefore, because of that, ye sons of Jacob, not everybody, <laughs> sons of Jacob are not consumed. Our father, how's he our father? By his choice, by his power, by his covenant of grace. That's how he's our father. That's how we're his children. Everyone that's a son of God is a son of Abraham, the son of promise, ain't we? Thirdly, we speak on the foundation of his promises and his words, what he said. Look here in Genesis 32, verse 9. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and the God of my father Isaac, the Lord which saidest unto me, you said it, return to thy country and to thy kindred and I will deal with thee, deal well with thee. You said it to me. Lord, I remember. I had sleep through it. You said it to me. I heard you. Up verse 3 of chapter 31, it says, The Lord said unto Jacob, Return to the land of thy fathers and thy kindred, and I'll be with you. I'll be with you. You told me to go home, and you said you'd be with me. Verse 12, And thou saidest, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. You said these things, Lord. That's a good way to pray. Not declaring our promises, but declaring God's promises. They are sure. They're sure. I can, I can give you my word and do the best I can to keep it. I might not be able to. Lord, don't allow it. It ain't going to happen. He says it. Take, as Dad said, take it to the bank. That's money. You can live on that. <laughs> if he says it. And it's right to call on the Lord. I need to learn this in a mighty way. I struggle so much with this. My self-righteousness thinks it knows what's right to ask for and what not's right, right to ask for. And my self-righteousness thinks I know what's wasting God's time. I ain't going to bother him with that. 
That's not humility, and that's not wisdom. That's stupidity in me. I need to learn it. What'd he say? I say that. I don't want to bother the Lord with those things. On the inside, that's how I verbalize it. I don't care if you take that twist however you want. Uh, I, I, I don't need to. The Lord's will be done. He'll be right, right? No, I just don't want to face it. What'd he say? Ask and you shall receive. What'd he say? Lord, you said it. You said knock and it shall be open. Seek and you shall find. He said it. Don't matter if I said it. He said it. That's what he said, wasn't it? Isn't that what the scripture says? He also said, if then, if you, you be it. He's telling his disciples this. This offend you. You being evil. You're evil. My evil. Are you evil? He said, if you, being evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children? I question that often. I've seen a lot of old people be mean to little kids. But to those that have children, their own children, good parents, you you know how to give good gifts to your own children. How much more so shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Ask him. I mean this as serious as cancer. Somebody said, well, the drought's bad. And I said, they're about to turn power off up there at Lake Mead. It's it's horrendous. You ask God for it to rain? Feet of rain came. Feet of rain came. And somebody said, well, the rain won't soak into the ground in the Central Valley and this and that. We've depleted the aqua for so long, we need a snowpack like nobody's ever seen. I said, did you ask God to pray for snow? Did you ask him? Lord, give us some snow. Your daughter's house has seven feet of snow on top of it, don't it? Ask him. He knows how to get good things. I don't ask. Why don't I get? I don't ask. You know what James says? If God promised it, it's right for me to ask for it to come to pass. I don't mean to make it snow, but provide, right? We'll learn how to here in a minute. We'll learn the spirit in which we ask. You children, I gave you my word. Whenever you turn 16, I give you a vehicle. Some things have changed since I gave you my word, hasn't it? <laughs> I'll do everything in my power to honor my word. You come to me on your 16th birthday, and you say, Daddy, you gave me your word. You going to buy me a car. I'm going to do everything in my power to get you a vehicle. I'll work my fingers to the bone. I'll sling pizza all over this county. I'll do whatever it takes. That's right for you to ask me that. I gave you my word. How much more so to our Heavenly Father? The things he said, I'll be with you. Lord, be with us. I'm going to do you good. Lord, I don't know what that looks like because I'm pretty dumb. But do good. <laughs> be nice today if you'd let me see some of it. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, doesn't it? I'm in a mess. Jacob's in a mess. The Lord said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You said it. You said it, Lord. He's praying to the Father, oh God, desperation. He's praying on the grounds of that covenant of God in Christ to his people. And he's praying what has already been revealed to him by the word of God. Not what he doesn't know, not what he wishes would happen. He knows what's said. That's what he's praying. He's telling what he knows. He said, you said it. Fourth, 
All of this is in a humble, undeserving attitude. That's the attitude of it. Verse 10. I'm not worthy of the least of all thy mercies. This proudest man on earth, this man, this proudest man on earth has to be made. I can read that. I'm not worthy of all your mercies. Nothing to cry at and mean it. Lord, I'm not worthy of all you. The least of your mercies. Not even the least of your mercies. Old preacher said anything on this side of hell is a mercy for the unregenerate. Everything is, isn't it? You pick any mercy of God that I have. Breathing, seeing, the sense of taste, a roof, food, clothes on my back, anything I have, a child of Jacob is not worthy of it, and they know it. I don't deserve nothing. I don't deserve any of it. I don't deserve, I haven't earned, I have not merited anything, not even to know your truth. Not even to know your truth, Christ I don't deserve, I haven't earned to know him. Verse 10 says, I'm not worthy of the least of all the mercies and all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According to, after the manner of, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. I ain't worthy of that. He is. I ain't. If you think you are, repent. Bow to God now before you meet him. I'm not worthy of the least of all thy mercies and of all thy truth, which thou hast showed unto me, thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I'm become two bands. I ain't worthy. I come out here with nothing but a walking stick. I cross this joy. That's right. What he had? What he have? Nothing. Clothes on his back and a shepherd's staff. He said, "That's all I've got. That's how I came here, and I got two bands now. I got two whole clean families. If Esau kills one of them, you got a. I mean, I got a abundance. Six sons and a wife and a helpmate." He said, now look at all we have. Look at what we have here. Look at the word and the truth of God that we have here. Look at the mercies. that It's not just the tangible possessions. Look at the mercy God's given us. That's what, well, if we're two or three are gathered in his name, what's the context of that? I talked to that last week, didn't I? Brethren, forgive them, brethren. And he said, you got, you got a dispute among you? God's here. What if somebody ain't dressed right? Who cares? Somebody asked Henry about dinosaurs one time. He said, do you think dinosaurs are real? He said, who cares? What if the government's putting stuff in the sky that's going to fall down on us? Who cares? God's here. Do we know that? A man will build his, his life around the gospel if he meets God. He will work to provide for his family as God taught him to. He'll set a little bit aside. That's in that message I sent y'all last week. He'll set a little bit aside for the furtherance of the gospel in this area. And then as the Lord grows him, he'll set a little bit aside for the work overseas. It'll change him. He's a servant now. 
finally the petition. I'm not worthy. Are you worthy? I'm not. And look, look what the Lord gave us. Maurice said, we got all this in Christ too, baby. That's amazing. Finally, the petition. He's praying he's going to ask God for something. Verse 9, Genesis 32, verse 9. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal with, well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies, of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I've become two bands. I'm nothing. I ain't got nothing. So he's going to ask God for something. Deliver me. Deliver me. I pray thee from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and smite me and the mother with the children. Deliver me, Lord. I'm afraid he's going to kill me and kill my whole family. You pay close attention to that. You pay close attention to this. He doesn't tell God what to do. Pay close attention to this. He doesn't tell God what to do. He just says, deliver me, Lord. That's a petition. That's a cry. Deliver me. I've heard idiots. I've raced that five times. I chose my words carefully. I've heard idiots. My good friend says they're stupid. <laughs> I've heard idiots pray an insane amount of detail. Somebody had cancer one time. They was praying about it. And they said, Lord, remove the outer layer of the skin and go in there and get into the small intestines, Lord. It's his intestines. You don't think he knows where that cancer is? He put it there. What's wrong with you? Telling God, what, what, like with the snow. Well, he might screw up and give us rain and we needed snow and we all die. Good night. He doesn't tell God how to handle it. I don't know how to handle it. Mercy beggars don't know how to handle it. I don't, I don't know what to do. That's a good place to be. It don't feel good. Get back in the corner and you made the bow. You say, God, I don't know what to do. Deliver me. Deliver me. People think that's so deep. To pray in these grandiose ways, isn't it? To sound so good, have all the right words. No, that ain't deep. The hardest thing this flesh can do, this old, the hardest thing this old man has to endure, I'm guessing. I don't know which side's which. I can't, there are two men in me, and both of them's named Kevin. The hardest thing this flesh is to watch that new man pray, Lord, your will be done. Take everything from me but Christ. Sounds good, don't it? And then you realize real fast how how hard your hands cling to this flesh, to this world. I know it's right. The Lord chastens who he loves. Is it, I've said this for a week or two now. Solomon, he's the wisest man. I say it every time. Born to ask. He knows what he's talking about. Shut and listen to him. God's, it's, he's, God's writing through it. He said, you beat your rod, beat your son with a rod, he shall surely not die. He ain't going to kill him. And that's for us. That's not going to beat your kids. You whip them. Get you a good switch. This whole nation needs to have switch took to it. It needs to bend over somebody's knee. 
I think there's a rod beating me. My Lord was beating with a reed. I ain't got no rod. I'll live. I'll be all right. Whenever you get chastened, you cry. I I ain't from this culture, so I'm just going to speak like I know what I know. Uh, you raise kids and you whip them. And you make them mind the first time. They're the child, you're the adult. <laughs> make them mind. Unless they're 50, or like Jacob and my mama's boy, spoiled rotten at home and do, well, okay, mom, whatever you say. <laughs> then God's got to whip him. But you spank them. And if I spank my children and they ain't a tear flowing, I ain't whipped them hard enough. My dad went, last time he whipped me, I was 15. I dropped my pants. He took his belt off. He grew back and he hit my legs about this hard. And I went, <laughs> just to laugh. And I thought, oh, buddy, if I laugh, he'll kill me. <laughs> he'll turn that belt around. When the Lord comes to his child, teach him because he loves him he's a faithful father he'll, he'll he'll his lessons are going to get drove home there's going to be some pain involved and he'll make his child say lord you will be done you deliver me as you see fit deliver me lord i'm in a mess you have to get me out because of christ because of who you are because of that covenant you made in him for me you said it you said it. Verse 12, And thou saidest, I will surely do thee good and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. And he lodged there the same night. He went to bed. I don't know if he slept. Doesn't say slept, does it? <laughs> like David, he may have wet his couch all night long. I don't know. But he went to bed. He closed his eyes. Went to his lodging, taking his burden to the Lord and leaving it there. Oh, what pain we suffer. What needless pain we bear simply because we do not take it to the Lord in prayer. Amen. I need to be taught how to pray to you. It might be painful when we get taught, but it's right. And I won't forget it. <laughs> I won't forget it. Let's pray. Father, glorify your name. Your name's sake, Christ. Make us decrease and him increase. It hurts, Lord. But you said it's for my good. I believe it. You said you're with me. I believe you. Show yourself to me, Lord. Speak comfort to the hearts of your people. Be with us and never leave us to ourselves. Forgive us for what we are. Forgive us for not asking. Forgive us for not believing enough to ask, Lord. Save your people. It's in Christ's name that we ask it. Amen.